Yo, what is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Fro Anime Podcast, your one-stop shop for news on anime, games, and great discussions. I'm your host, Dallas, and I hope everyone has enjoyed their Thanksgiving last week that celebrated it, whether it was by yourself, with friends, with family. I just hope everyone enjoyed it, ate lots of food, talked, whatever it is you do on Thanksgiving. Now, this week, we have some good news, some bad news, and some sad news. And, of course, we're going to talk about anime I like, that I watched, and to top it all off, we're going to talk about anime that I'm grateful for because, you know, Thanksgiving was a couple of days ago and, you know, I'm in a grateful, thankful mood. So, yeah, without further ado, let's jump into it. Starting off with what's hot, we have Studio Ghibli's first full CGI movie, Earwig and the Witch. It premieres on December 30th, it's directed by Goro Miyazaki, son of the legendary Hayao Miyazaki, and the summary goes a bit like this. A 10 year old orphan girl named Earwig learns of her witch heritage when she is suddenly sent to live with a new family and a selfish witch. The movie is slated for an early 2021 North American release. And there's not much else known about it right now. The concept seems pretty interesting, so keep, keep your eyes peeled for that one. Next, we have Hitalia World Stars. The spin-off manga of the popular 2010 anime, Hitalia gets its own anime series. It will be produced by Studio Dean, with the original cast reprising their roles. Now, we have the manga Battle in 5 Seconds After Meeting receives an anime adaptation. The anime follows high school student Akira Shiryanagi as he is transported to a battlefield by a mysterious girl named Neon. Thrown into some experiment with some new powers to boot, he is determined to win this game. There isn't any release date as of yet, the concept seems pretty interesting, but y'all know how I feel about Isekais, but more on that later. Now in some sad news, we do have a Canadian voice actor Kirby Morrow known for voicing Goku in the Ocean dub and maybe more famously Moroku in the English dubs of Inuyasha and the ongoing Yasuhime Princess Half Demon has passed away on November 18th at the age of 47. We also have Japanese voice actress Hikari Yono known for voicing Kayla Knight in Sailor Moon Crystal and she's the narrator of the ongoing anime Burn the Witch, um, the Bleach sequel. She passed away on November 15th at the age of 46. I won't go into any further details about this but just know the anime community has suffered two great losses this week and I think they do deserve a moment of silence. On to a bit lighter news. We have Sword Art Online's progressive anime movie adaptation has revealed some new info including staff, key visuals, and a new trailer. Now, there isn't really much interesting things to note about the first two. The, the key visuals do look pretty decent and the staff is pretty much comprised of people who have worked on the project in other capacities from other anime projects in the past or SEO projects in the past. The new trailer looks pretty interesting. Um, give it a watch on YouTube. It's available now. The movie will premiere in Japanese theaters in 2021. There is no Western release date available as of the time of this episode, but stay tuned. I will update you guys in the future. And that's pretty much all we have for what's hot. Hey guys, if you're like me and enjoy consuming anime in many different forms and want to support the show at the same time, then I have a treat for you. At PlayAsia.com, you're able to take care of pretty much all of your anime needs. From video games and movies to figures or even anime hoodies, they've got you covered. And if you use our affiliate link in the description, a portion of your purchases will go towards helping the show. It's a win-win for you. You get anime merch and you get more quality episodes of your favorite anime podcast. 
Now, back to the show. So this week, I watched Isekai Cheat Magician. And the anime is about two childhood friends, Ren Azuma and Taichi Nishimura, who suddenly find themselves in a strange new world after being isekai through a random magic portal. Afterwards, they make their way to the Adventurers Guild to hopefully, hopefully figure out a way home. Upon reaching the Adventurers Guild, they find out that they may have been blessed with a crazy amount of power. Some might even call it a cheat. Now, before I talk about things I like and things I don't like, I personally like to compare this anime to Konosuba, at least the first episode, because it's kind of similar in the way they both start. Now, granted, they don't get isekai by Truck-kun. They kind of get teleported, so they technically never die. But um, other than that, it kind of starts the same. You know, the, the characters, a male and a female character, get isekai to a new world and go to the Adventurers Guild things go down they register in the Ventures guild and it kind of has the same exact setup in the first episode as konosuba but you know i just thought it was worth mentioning i thought it was pretty funny i watched literally episode one of konosuba again to compare it to isekai cheat magician i thought they were so similar um now some things that i liked i like the character design of all of the characters every single character in this anime was well thought out and they just it looks you can tell they kind of put now yes before I do say anything else, it, it kind of is a little fan service in some of their outfits. Um, but that's just the state of, you know, uh, I guess the way fantasy characters look in anime. But no, but other than that, the character designs are all really nice. I like the way the hairstyles are, the different clothing and the accents on their clothing and stuff. It's, it's really good. Um, to complement that is also the art style. The art style of Isekai Cheat Magician is really, it's really nice. It's got more sharper corners and on the faces and on the bodies than you see in some other anime isekais where it's kind of like they're rounded like a, a prime example is if you look at compare isekai cheat magician to konosuba like i said earlier you can tell konosuba is a lot a lot more rounded and less focused on some of the details of the characters whereas an isekai cheat magician it's a lot harder harsher lines and you know more detail to the smaller things but yeah so um I also like the spell animations in particular. Um, not all the animation, but just the spell animations. I don't, I don't know. I'm a sucker for like magic and anime. That's just it's cool to me. Um, and the world building. I like the like the lore they're trying to set up and everything. Not necessarily the story. The story is a little eh, but the world building and like the world they live in and everything is interesting to me. Just not the actual story surrounding the main characters and the plot and everything. Now, some things I don't like. The protagonist. I don't like the protagonist. He is, in my personal opinion, very annoying. Uh, I don't like if a character has a lot of power and they know they have this power. Um, well, a lot of the time, what you see in a lot of anime is they're like, "I don't want to kill anybody to reach, attain my goal," but you you know that you know they're going to have to you know burn some bridges, you know, cut some people's heads off and stuff. Well, maybe not you know cut people's head off, but you get what I'm trying to say, like you're gonna have to you know take some people down to make it your goal you can't you know i don't know like to to kind of i guess illustrate my point i really dislike now granted in avatar the last airbender um the way ang handled ozai was really you know well thought out they played around the fact he's a pacifist and it made sense story-wise can canonically but personally i still didn't like the fact that Aang was so torn between killing Ozai and letting him, and you know, trying to find another way. Like, Ozai is a, a murderer, you know? He was willing to, like, wipe out a bunch of people, and Aang was, like, 
I don't want to have to kill. I don't. I don't know. It seems kind of childish to me. Like when you know there's a clear threat, and you're like, I want to try to find a better way, and you know there's no other way. That's kind of what they do in Isekai Cheat Magician. Um, although they don't, they don't get around that problem as gracefully as you know it was done in Avatar: The Last Airbender. But so yeah, the protagonist, he's a no for me. The story, like I said earlier, is a bit iffy. I wasn't really following it too much. It kind of jumped around a bit. Now, I like how they didn't put all their eggs in the main male protagonist basket. You know, the main female protagonist, she's just as capable as um, as our male protagonist. So you kind of see a good balance there. But other than that, the story is just kind of your basic isekai in ways. Um, and the motivations of the characters all seem pretty weak to tie that into the story. Like, uh, I don't know. I can't really give you any real concrete examples because like i said i just didn't like the stories so i just wasn't paying attention to it um and to go with that also the animation of some of the fights are kind of stiff so yeah that too the animation was kind of stiff at times now i know this is the part where you guys are waiting for me to say but you know despite all these negatives you know the show is pretty good well eh, i give the show a six out of ten Watch it if you want. It's a good, you know, show to kind of watch while you're doing homework or something or having the background or just something to watch to fill your time while you're waiting for maybe the next good Isekai to come out. But it's a it's a skip for me. But if you have to watch it, you can watch it on Crunchyroll and Verb. And yeah, that's what I watched this week. Now, in the spirit of Thanksgiving, I thought I would do something for subject matter that was at least tangentially related. So this week I'm talking about anime that I'm grateful for. Now starting this list off is the Tatsumi Galaxy. I first found out about this anime back when I was a freshman in college. And admittedly, just like the protagonist, I too saw the college experience through these rose-tinted glasses, wide-eyed and ready to take on all the challenges that college had to offer. Anime was funny, yet a relatable show that in ways even mirrored my own experiences. But also at the same time, it provided me a reality check that sometimes life isn't always as rosy as we would like it to be. Now, next on the list is Gun X Sword, or as I like to call it, Gun Sword. This was a show that fully propelled me into anime. Up until this point, I had only really watched those Americanized, four kids type anime like Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh, and Dragon Ball. Shows like that, while yes, they are very much anime, were more aimed towards kids, and I feel like they don't accurately represent the entire anime scene as a whole but diving into this it felt more story driven dramatic with heavier themes and as a nine-year-old kid i felt much more mature watching this and at only 26 episodes it focused on delivering an interesting and enthralling story rather than going for hundreds of episodes gun sword was the exact anime i needed to evolve into a true anime fan now love chunibyo and delusions Two of which I was guilty of having as an elementary kid. Let me explain. Now I want to start off by saying that at the time of watching this show, I was well into adulthood. Even though I was watching it for the first time, this show felt a bit nostalgic, but not in the I've seen this when I was younger way, more like the man, I remember doing these things when I was a kid. And that nostalgia was so refreshing. As a kid, I mostly kept to myself, so I wasn't the anime kid that was Naruto running through the halls like the more classic sense of a Chunibyo. But I had an active imagination that was on par and maybe even greater than Rika Takanashi from the show. 
drawing alchemy circles, imagining epic fight scenes, and turning the most mundane of actions and events into a grand spectacle in my own mind. This show brought back all of those extremely nostalgic feelings and many more. This show is why some of my most favorite anime characters are the Chunibyo ones, Rika from the show, Megumin from Konosuba, and even Fischl from the more recent anime game Genshin Impact. This show has a very special place in my heart. Now, enough of the backstories, this final one made the list just because it gave me one heck of a ride. I'm talking about none other than the show starring the ultimate knuckleheaded ninja. That's right, Boruto. I'm just kidding, I'm talking about Naruto, the original. Like many fans of the anime, this is a show you can't escape whether you've seen it, heard of it, or you have a friend that just won't stop doing that ever so popular Naruto run. There's no denying that this show has been very influential to many fans and for the good reason too, it's got heartbreak and betrayal, tension and emotional moments that had you captivated, and of course the epic fight scenes that could easily go on to define a generation. Naruto seemingly has it all, for me anyway. I don't have to write a paragraph for most people to agree. Now, before we end this list, I do want to give a shout out to some very honorable mentions, that being Fullmetal Alchemist, Spirited Away, Dragon Ball Z, and Death Note. These were all shows that in their own right have influenced me and have stuck around in my mind, and I just couldn't do a complete list without at least mentioning it. So there you have it, anime that I'm grateful for. What are some anime you guys are grateful for? Send them to me on Twitter at Froanime. Thank you guys so much for listening. I am grateful for you guys as well. And I hope you all have a great day.